Welcome to the Ashes to Beauty, the Divorce Life podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Marie Laswell, divorce coach specializing in finance and real estate at Stephanie Marie Living. In this podcast, we will take a look at what it looks like to live through divorce, the good, the bad, and the ugly, a peek into individual stories as their ashes from divorce over time are transformed into beauty. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. I'm Stephanie, and I am here with my friend, Kathy, and she has volunteered to talk to us today and share a little bit about her story of Ashes to Beauty and what her divorce life looked like, and so we're excited to have you here today. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So, first of all, let's just start with the beauty. Like, your divorce is final. You've gone through some healing and some growth. So what are some of the things that have come out of your doors that you would consider to be beautiful? I feel like there's a lot. You can't see it while you're going through it, Mm -hmm. but then with enough time, which is the worst answer you can give anybody, you definitely start to, if you let yourself, you start to see, look at this strength I forgot that I had. Oh, I do have my own voice. I can do this. And so seeing that, yes, while I was married, I was part of another person. I'm still whole and complete by myself and realizing how much strength I had from that. And then I found my laughter again. I found joy. I found beauty and simple things, the sunset every night and appreciating my kids and not wanting to take any moment for granted. And it's not that you ever want to take anything for granted. It's just that you don't always stop, take the time to smell the roses or realize, hey, this is just a small phase that they're throwing a six-month-old temper tantrum Mm -hmm. and I'm going to miss it one day. How long do you think that it took from your divorce, like, the darkness, the heaviness of the divorce, like getting through that whole process, how long do you feel like it took you to get to that point where you're like, I see some light, like I'm starting to see the beauty, I'm starting to appreciate these things that maybe I took for granted or you weren't capable of because the he- the heaviness of what your marriage was. How long did that take? Um, so to kind of give it a perspective, a lot of things came as a shock to me and just one day he said he was going to leave And from that moment, he did not leave, but our marriage got very dark in a lot of different ways. And that lasted about a year. And that darkness took me to scary places that I never had been, never thought. I didn't know anyone else that had experienced it. Um, So then even once the divorce was final about a year later, um, because he didn't leave until about a year after he said he was going to, it took probably at least another year. I was shell-shocked, living in fear. I was so embarrassed and kept a lot of, I was going to counseling, but even with that, I had not told my counselor about a lot of stuff that had gone on. And it was one of those things where like the more I kept it in secret, the more it was going to eat at me and not allow me to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so you can't do it all at once, but a little bit over about a year after the divorce, I finally had slowly been opening up to things. And rather than 
feeling the judgment that I was scared of, many people were like, oh my gosh, that's what you were living through? Wait, that's what you were doing? And instead of feeling all the judgment that I was so scared about, I felt so much compassion. Mm -hmm. I felt a lot of people wanting to walk with me through that. And so that took about a year after the divorce, Mm -hmm. I will say. And it was was a slowly but surely process. I will also say I'm a very determined person. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that divorce was going to happen, I thought, I'm not going to let me beat this down. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let this rob my joy steal any more of my life that he's already taken Mm -hmm. I'm going to take back what is mine and I'm going to live and Mm -hmm. so it might take other people longer might take other people shorter if they didn't go through some of those dark periods that I had Mm -hmm. but I think it's also some of that determination that I had of I don't want to lose another moment of my life and along the way did you like like there was one set moment of time or one person coming to you or like a resource or something that you heard, was there something that clicked for you to come out of that? Like, okay, it's time. Um, so looking back, I wonder why I fought so hard for my marriage. I think that's part of me. Um, but I kept praying to God, like, okay, am I going to be released from this marriage or do I still keep fighting for it? Do I still keep fighting for it? Because there was lots of bad stuff, but I kept thinking if I can forgive what a testimony this will be and my kids won't be in a divided home mm-hmm. and striving one night and on the phone with one of my friends and it's something everybody had told me before and they just said, you're his wife and you're his runner-up. Like, mm-hmm. you are second place to everything else. And the way she said it was with love and compassion, but truth, mm-hmm. she just said a wife should never be second, especially to another woman. And so um, it, it kind of just clicked. Like, sometimes you need your head and your heart to mm-hmm. click. Like, you know something, mm-hmm. but until you can get your heart online. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that moment was – Letting my, what I thought, dream die, Mm -hmm. which is so, so scary. But at that same moment, realizing if I let this die, then something greater can be born of it. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it's going to look like, and it's going to be scary, and it's going to be hard. But I can't do that if I don't let go first. And so that was, I was driving down a country road with a beautiful sunset sky, my friend on speakerphone, and she said that, and it just clicked, and it was this heaviness lifted. Mm-hmm. But I think finding friends that I could be open and honest mm-hmm. with, because it's not a journey I don't feel like you can do alone. Okay. I tried it for a long time mm-hmm. and got nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really does take those people that you can trust that are going to not judge what is going on, that can give you space to process but still show up if, mm-hmm. if you can't show up because divorce can be so isolating. Um, I, f- I find that not only does sometimes our tribe pull back and isolate from us because they don't know what to do or they don't know what to say, but we also as a divorcee do the same thing 
And so we often, it's very lonely, a very lonely journey. So how did you deal with like that loneliness? Like besides finding these friends that you finally did open up um, and confide in, what were some of the other things that you did to pull a community around you to where you could trust them? Um, I, I had to step outside of my box for sure. I am an extrovert and I love people, but I'm not all about people feeling sorry for me mm-hmm. and knowing grossness and mm-hmm. ugliness that's going on. Um, but I had to stop and realize like, okay, I can't get through this if I don't ask for help. And so stepping outside of my box and not even just saying like, I need help. How do I respond? It wasn't that it was, I don't want to be alone tonight. And Mm -hmm. so I had a rotation of friends and that I would, Hey, can I stop by tonight? Hey, is this, I never wanted to encroach on one person's time too much, Mm -hmm. but I kind of had this Rolodex of my really good friends that kind of had risen to the top, Mm -hmm. knowing what I was going through saying, Hey, we want to journey through this with you. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like we'd go over there and just talk about the divorce or anything like that. It was okay. Let's tell funny moments to find that laughter again. And then maybe in a little bit, then yes, something does come out and they go, Oh my gosh, we didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But then deal with pain through humor so then when I make a joke about it start laughing again and then like it conversation would move on and so because I was I I still wanted to be fun and not get beaten down by Mm -hmm. it um so making that effort of I don't have my kids tonight Mm -hmm. I was a stay-at-home mom that's been my dream my whole life Mm -hmm. and to suddenly have somebody else say no, this is not your dream, and now I'm going to fight you for custody of the kids. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. So I didn't want to sit at home alone and be sad because I knew that if I did that, I would be sad. So I got another dog. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, so I wouldn't be alone at night, Mm -hmm. and then I would, you know, schedule it a a little bit out and ask people, and even from some of that, some people that I didn't hang out with very much kind of offered up. And I started learning, stop being so prideful. Mm-hmm. And when somebody asks for help or somebody wants to be a friend, let them. Mm-hmm. And so I, during a really humbling journey, you got to mm-hmm. humble yourself even more yes, yes. and say, okay, I'll yeah, take it. That's what I heard a lot of you humbling yourself, but also people rose to the occasion for you. So you knew who to trust and you knew who was going to be there for you and you accepted the invitation. Like how many times do we, someone offer to help, but sometimes we don't know what kind of help we need. Right. Uh (laughs) Um, And sometimes I think people have good intentions, but they don't know the help to give and it ends up being more harmful than, than helpful. So um, that's awesome that you were able to, accept their invitation and figure out what worked for you. Um, Something that when you were talking, I thought about that identity, like you had an identity for so long. And then all of a sudden with like a flip of a switch, you had to change your identity. And that in and of itself is a mourning, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're mourning the marriage, you're mourning. This is what I hoped for, for my whole life. And I had it and now it's going away. Talk about that process and what that looked like for you to kind of 
oh, I have to come up with his new identity now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's funny. I was talking to one of my friends that I've known her since third grade. She's like one of my best friends. And I've had tragedy in my life from growing up. And so we've been able to speak some hard truths mm-hmm. to each other, um, especially biblical stuff. And I was like, people keep saying your identity is in God. You're a child of God. And I was like, what the H does that even mean? (laughs) Like, you know, I need something that's not cloud and fluffy. Like, especially when I got to be honest, like I'm kind of mad at my situation. And so I, I will say I struggled with pride. Some, I never thought, I never thought I would be divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one of the things when I married him that he was so strong about. He despised divorce. And in fact, when I told, we had the same friend group because we had been married for a while. And when I told our friends that he was leaving, they all were like, no, 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 not him. He's the last guy that would ever do that. Mm-hmm. And so immediately I could feel my defensiveness saying, okay, maybe. I wasn't the perfect wife, but it was not me. Mm-hmm. Like I offered forgiveness. I found out this stuff and I am willing and I wanted to defend myself and my actions and let people know that I tried. But then at the same time, I also thought I can't just die on this hill, <laughs> uh, you know, like be this ex bitter spouse that hasn't moved on or anything like that. And so trying to say, um, I ended up connecting with one of my friends. Her mom uh, rose, raised her and her brother for a while as a single mom. And so I touched base with her, and she's just like, if and until you ever get married again, like, they're your musketeers. They're your new tribe, your kids. Like, this is your unit, and it's going to look different because you don't have them all the time, but that's okay. And so letting go of that identity and saying, okay, trying to find a way to be positive about it. So, well, my kids were going to go off to college one day anyways, and I wasn't going to have them full-time. So it's just started the process sooner. (laughs) A little bit earlier. (laughs) And so I'm younger. So what can I do that I haven't got to do in a really long time? And what does that self-care look like? And I read a lot of um, the Enneagram books. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I need to know myself mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. I was like uh, moving probably too fast a little bit in life. And my mom and some other friends were like, settle down. Like, you will be fine. And I was like, I'm just ready to be back in this identity that I know and that I'm comfortable with. And I think a little bit God's hand in there kind of stopped that process some. And I had to sit still with myself. Mm-hmm once again it's not a fun (laughs) process Um, but that even meant rediscovering friendships Mm -hmm. um, that I had let not fade away but I hadn't tended to them like I should have and so just diving back into that and realizing yeah this is the kind of friend I am and this is the kind of mom I am and Mm -hmm. taking this advice from friends that yes you miss your babies tonight get to bed early, be well-rested, and just be an extra good mom next time you see them and pour that energy that you were missing from them the other day into them today and the next day and stuff like that. And so just kind of 
finagling your way through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely trying to do it with finesse and grace and mm-hmm. looking back. I'm sure it was not that way <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's in your mind that way. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> um, it's like, I, I, you know, you'd like to picture yourself as like some elegant person yeah. and you turn around and you're like, oh, gosh, yeah. what? no. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster, right? Yeah, and I definitely think one of the things that made other people very uncomfortable, um, but I did not mind, um, I had some anger to work through. Mm -hmm. And for me, I needed to work through that anger to get to my real identity. Mm -hmm. Because if not, you just like bottle it up and it comes out in this crazy mom moment or Mm -hmm. then you're like on a random date and you're like crazy (laughs) woman who they make a joke and you have some bitter ex comment and you're like oh my gosh that is not me yeah so realizing I needed to deal with a Mm -hmm. lot of that to be the best version of me that I could be and I will tell you people being angry and frustrated especially when somebody else takes your snow globe and shakes it up (laughs) without your permission Mm -hmm. is so frustrating, especially when you feel like you've worked your butt off and you sit there and think, what did I do wrong? And how could I have been better? And why didn't you give me a chance? And Mm -hmm. all of that and laying down my anger for God and laying down my anger for my ex-husband and just saying, got to work through it, but it's not going to do me any good. Mm -hmm. Like it's, let me be mad, feel the emotion, but then I need to move on mm-hmm. from it and not just dwell yeah. in it. Yeah, that's the the big thing is facing that because sometimes we don't want to face it. We want to push it down and pretend like it's not there instead of, all right, got to put our head down and <laughs> drive through this wall um, because then if we don't deal with it, we take it into the next relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or it does manifest in how we parent our children or even friendships. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they ask, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. They want that happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. answer. And so once again, not finding, not telling every stranger that you meet, right. well, I've had this terrible day, but I can't just I didn't want to just pepper my friends with all this negativity. And so I did stay in counseling mm-hmm. for a really long time. I still see them on occasion. Mm-hmm. Something throws me and I'm like, am I reacting in the right way? Mm-hmm. How do I handle this? I want to guide my children because um, I want them to be the healthiest they can be right. from despite all of this or whatever. Um, so I remember, oh my goodness, one day I was sitting in counseling and I, I said some really strong things that I had never told anybody. And immediately I felt guilty. And he was like, wait, why do you feel guilty? And I was like, because we're not supposed to think or say these things. And he was like, do you realize what you've been through? Do you realize the trauma and all of this? And he was like, you need to have some grace for yourself. Like, don't stay in that moment, Mm -hmm. but be mad and get it off your chest and then move on. Mm -hmm. So even if it's this, mean thought that you never thought you would have he's like have it don't feel guilty and then move on Mm -hmm. and so physically having somebody tell me and because he was a counselor he felt like a position of authority Mm -hmm. telling me it's okay golly it was this like way off my shoulders Mm -hmm. and I gotta say I had been struggling with that thought for a long time 
months and months. And then once he said it and he gave me the authority and the it's okay, Mm -hmm. it was this weight off my shoulders. And then I never went back to that Mm -hmm. thought. Right. And you were able to release that energy mm-hmm. that was probably holding you back from your healing journey. And yeah, who knows what else? What else? Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you've had a lot of like through your journey. You found good support, mm-hmm. which doesn't always happen for <laughs> some people going through divorce. So that's awesome. Um, talk a little bit more about the self-care that you discovered that was most beneficial for you that you really felt that helped with your growth and your healing journey? Um, anywhere from, I'm going to get sidetracked on this probably, <laughs> anywhere from allowing myself to feel feelings mm-hmm. because fe- feelings that don't go with the flow make everybody very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's you're out with a glass of wine with a girlfriend and you make a joke, but it's like... Um, you're trying to kind of convey your feelings mm-hmm. in a way, but you don't want to just sound like crazy psycho. So you make it into kind a joke. lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're yeah. like, I'm just kidding. I never do that. <laughs> um, and then I've always been into fitness. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start working out again. And I got a membership to a gym, which I had not done in like 10 years or mm-hmm. something. And I said, I'm not going to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And then getting a massage mm-hmm. or getting my nails done and realizing I need to take care of myself mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to feel old and haggard and run down. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was also, I want to feel refreshed and nude anywhere from the inside out. Mm-hmm. I read that Enneagram book, and then I read a book, something about, like, um, How Not to Give an F, mm-hmm. which was a good book because it was, like, one of those, you can't just get so mad about everything. Mm-hmm. And you just apply it to life in general, but reading that type of thing and then just also saying, um, I went through, like, a series of just first dates. Mm -hmm. And nothing bad, nothing improper, but it was after I randomly met a lady, she encouraged me just to, you need to take a season and you need to date to find out what are your needs from a partner? What are your Mm -hmm. needs from another person? Mm -hmm. And I was always raised, oh, no, we date for marriage. I can't go on one date with you if it's just about myself. (laughs) That felt like a betrayal, real greedy. But that was a big step for me. One, having a guy tell you you're pretty after you have felt beat down Mm -hmm. and not pretty for a long time, that helps raise your self-esteem so Mm -hmm. much. And it's hard to go through life if you feel beaten down. And so that and then also having these random dates ask me these questions. Oh, what about this? Or what do you think about this? And trying to be genuine and so they would ask you these thought-provoking questions that Mm -hmm. oh I don't know I don't know and just realizing oh my gosh I crave good conversation Mm -hmm. and my ex-husband was an introvert there's nothing wrong with that Um, I was raised by a single mom that's an introvert so I was always like there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. and there is there is nothing wrong with that but for me I realized 
when I was with another extrovert that could have this amazing conversation, I started to thrive in ways that I never knew. Mm -hmm. So it's such this weird journey of if you're open to it, and that doesn't mean that every single step you take, you're like, what is this doing? What is this doing? What is this doing? <laughs> We're going to read into it. <laughs> yeah, just like live your life and you walk away from moments feeling refreshed mm -hmm. or beaten down. And for me, I would say, wait, what was it about that that made me, oh, that's mm -hmm. why I felt that way. And so realizing these are triggers for me. Mm -hmm. This boosts my self-esteem and morality and excitement for life. Mm -hmm. And so, but also through that, I was very open. I took some trips by myself. And then I just said, if I'm out and about and I make new friends, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And stepping outside of the box to be, to make myself uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it was to say like, I can do this and I can learn from it and to see who I can make friends with. Yeah. That's awesome. I love all of those suggestions. Um, if somebody is just thinking about, obviously you were surprised by yours and you didn't really have a chance to probably, it sounds like you didn't have a chance to process it or there was no room for working on it together and it just kind of slapped you in the face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what suggestions would you have for somebody that is just starting that divorce process? Like whether it's working with a lawyer or, um, getting a counselor or like even friendships, like what is something that you learned after the fact that you were like, oh, if I would have known this, I would have done this differently. And I think this could be a value to somebody that's just starting the process. Um, definitely get a counselor and whether you do it some sessions together and some separately, if you don't have kids, I don't know how that goes, but if you do have kids, that communication and co-parenting definitely need to be there. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I will say, I was very naive. I was, um, and I don't think that every, not everybody's going to have my journey at all. And some people are going to be like, nope, my ex and I went through everything and we signed an agreement that we came up with. I have some friends that did that, mm -hmm. that they had a bad divorce situation, but they worked through their divorce settlement just mm -hmm. fine and moved on and Mine was not that way. And so, and it was, so for me, I learned, like, I can't be naive. Mm -hmm. um, you want to hope the best in somebody. And my lawyers were telling me advice. And I was like, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> and then I, then I found out I was not, I, I was the wrong one. Mm -hmm. They were not. Um, but if it is a person that they think that they can, like, kind of works through some things together, I would say, work through as much of the divorce settlement as possible. That way there's no resentment from either side. Um, and if you can't, then yes, lawyers, I mean, I, I lawyered up from day one and don't regret it. Um, but like I said, I've seen the other side and I saw how they were able to do it. Um, I was just not in that situation. And then I would ask them like, like, why are they going down this process? Um, is it something where just one person just needs to work on themselves for a while? Is it a, is it both of them are in the same place? Um, 
I will never be judgmental of anybody divorced at all. But I also know, like, a lot of us think, um, oh, I'm divorced. It's going to be better. And then, like, two years later, I've had some friends that are like, oh, my gosh, this sucks. It sucks so bad. And they're kind of questioning some of Mm -hmm. their actions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And they feel like it's too late to go back. Mm -hmm. And so... My ex-mother-in-law gave me a great quote that I think is just so perfect when you're going through divorce. She said, it's so hard to see the forest through the trees, meaning when you're, you can't see clearly. Mm -hmm. And it's how do you, whether you're going to stay in that divorce process or not, like how do you back up and clearly see Mm -hmm. what, what correct actions need to help? And that's where I would say, Find yourself a really good friend or two that you have and just say, I need truth and love Mm -hmm. and I need some hard questions asked of me. Mm -hmm. And because those friends are going to know you better. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time we don't want to hear the hard things Mm -hmm. at all. And it's just easier just to say, "Uh -uh, I'm not doing it. And that's not how it's going to be. But definitely if we have those friends that will speak that truth in our life, and that doesn't mean you have to have an answer right then. We always think we do. Mm -hmm. But maybe if we walk away and think about it Mm -hmm. and really humble ourselves, (laughs) I think that's the key to all of this is you got to be humble and you just say, okay, how does this look? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying throw yourself on the altar and just sacrifice yourself and become a martyr. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying at all. But sometimes it's, Wait, are you just doing this because you're fight? You're so used to being in a fight with this other person, or is this really what's in the kid's best interest? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, have we really fought? Have we really gone down every avenue? Have I? I think a lot of us. Um, I think sometimes we have a hard time owning our own stuff, right, and taking our uh, look inside, and it's easy for just to point the finger at the other person, but. Um, and obviously, there's extreme cases. <laughs> I am not disowning any of that, but um, it does. It takes two people in a marriage to figure it out and work together. I'm obviously pro-marriage, but also I'm not about somebody staying in a marriage that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, I think that that and, is where I kind of, like, struggled some is – I remember my mom, this is during the time period where he had said he was going to leave and hadn't left. And there was some really bad stuff going on. And I called my mom and I was like, the Bible doesn't specifically say that, (laughs) you know, and I was like, I've got this biblical reason, but what about, you know, because I was trying so hard. And once again, I was looking for somebody in a position of authority Mm -hmm. to say, you're released from this burden Mm -hmm. because it felt so heavy Mm -hmm. and scary to do it on my own Mm -hmm. and at that point um my dad was a preacher Mm -hmm. and my mom just goes you can't do this anymore like it's and she didn't even know a fraction of what was going on and so I was like okay if she doesn't know most of what's going on and it's my dad was a preacher then I can walk away with a Mm -hmm. clear conscience or so I thought right but you still struggle with it Yeah, that shame and that guilt and that letting, am I really going to let this go? Is this really, you know? Yeah, but I've also seen, we think that, I don't know, it's just, it's something that where 
I want the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I will ask somebody, okay, so why are you getting divorced? Mm-hmm. I've been there, mm-hmm. so I'm not judging you. Right. But, like, are there words of wisdom mm-hmm. or okay, just be prepared for this because I don't think that sometimes we realize how it's going to look and I'm in no way trying to convince somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Right. Because they always say, oh, it takes two to make a marriage Mm -hmm. work. And I was like, oh, it takes takes one to make make (laughs) it not work. work Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so... um, Well, right, you can't be in a marriage alone. No. Yeah. And if you're not all working together for the same outcome, then... And it's so hard because it, yeah, so it's trying to find that compassion for those people mm-hmm. that, okay, your situation doesn't look like mine at all and I don't fully understand it, mm-hmm. but let me learn from it. Let mm-hmm. me, because it does, whether it's for your reason or my reason or whoever's reason, like there's there's death of identity and there is pain and there is abandonment issues mm-hmm. and there is major self-esteem issues mm-hmm. of, did I mess this up? Did, was I not pretty enough? Did I not yeah. do this right? And yeah. So. Yeah. Trust issues, moving uh, yeah. into a new relationship <laughs> or even friendships or, oh, you yes. know, like it affects, there's such a big ripple effect of going through a divorce and, um, that's one thing I think that a lot of people don't understand if they've never been through it before, mm-hmm. how devastating it is um, and how long that whole process of mourning, it comes in waves. And sometimes it takes years to overcome that. What is something that you would share with our listeners if they've never been through a divorce before? Like how can they best show up for somebody that's going through a divorce Um, I think that's a great question. Mm -hmm. One of my friends, her son went through cancer, and she said everybody kept asking what they could do. She was like, I found this website, and here you go. Mm -hmm. Pick something off this website because when somebody is in a time of high emotional, physical needs, their brain is not functioning on what's the checklist of what to tell Mm -hmm. people that I need. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say the number one thing is not just, hey, call me if you need to. It is, hey, when is the next night that you have free or don't have your kids or don't have anything planned? Can we go hang out? Mm -hmm. So having somebody, that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably big for any person going through a divorce because extrovert, introvert, you are feeling rejected. And you might Mm -hmm. think you want to be alone, but I got to tell you, I think Mm -hmm. feeling rejected when you're alone is one of the scariest saddest feelings Mm -hmm. and so having somebody say hey I'm going to show up at your house or making those plans being intentional Mm -hmm. um something else that was so sweet for me is one of my best friends her husband came and took my son on Valentine's Day to go buy me flowers and so he wanted him to show what it was like to treat a woman and treat his mom with respect and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then having it can be weird feeling like oh I had all these uh, married friends and now I'm the single person I'm the odd man out to have them sit there and say yeah we still want you at dinner Mm -hmm. and so not feeling like your friends just think oh it's married people we can't invite you 
because yeah. I sat there and I was like, I don't know how long that season's going to last and yeah. I don't want to lose these friends. And so keeping that connection mm-hmm. with them and then even like if you do something like set that reminder out of like once every three months or six months down the road of just asking that person like, hey, how are you doing? I just want to touch base with you. How are you feeling? Because as you were talking about things coming in in waves, oh my goodness, I would think that I was through an issue and something would happen that would cause some major PTSD Mm. and I would realize that something so insignificant still had a trigger on me that I didn't even know and that trigger would hit and, you know, oh, it's two years after the divorce, so everybody thinks you're fine and this trigger hits and you just crumble Mm -hmm. and then you don't feel like you can talk about it because, oh, it's two years down the road. I'm supposed to be over it. He left such a long time ago. And so having that somebody come around every once in a while and just have that Mm -hmm. real life talk with you. Mm -hmm. And then definitely if you're a single mom, um, I crave that time with my children, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, hey, after the kids are down in bed, can I come over for a glass of wine? Mm -hmm. Or why don't you and your kids come over? Mm -hmm. Or how about I watch your kids while you go for a jog? And so the theme to all of this is not just offering like a broad scope of help to people. I think we have to be so intentional Mm -hmm. on saying what, we will do for the person mm-hmm. and not just offering it up as like a, Hey, if, when, because then you don't want to take it. Yeah. You're like, no, but if somebody's like, Hey, I really want to have a drink with you or let's go grab dinner next week. Mm-hmm. And they make it sound like it's a plan mm-hmm. and not just a passing thought. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Right. Yeah. To continue to see you as the person that you are just because your marital status has changed doesn't mean that we treat you any different. But that happens so many times, right? And I think it's just because there's not this awareness of how do I handle this fragile situation? Um, Even though people, I feel like from their heart, they still intend to do good. They just don't know what that looks like. And so that's part of why we're here is to kind of bring that awareness of how we can wrap our arms around the people that we love that are going through really hard times. um, Because it's, I had a friend that said, I've been a widow and I've gone through a divorce. And by far, going through the divorce was the hardest mourning season that I've experienced. And so um, thank you so much for all these great tips. Like you gave great self-care tips. Um, You gave great tips on how we can love and support each other and just how to take something that is dark and ugly and how you've been able to turn it into a thriving life now and you're married again and got some extra kiddos that you get to love on. And so that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For more information about services provided by myself, you can find me at Stephanie Marie Living on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in today and to our producer Jazz at Possibilities Podcast Center.